0: Welcome to Clarity to launch the podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of The Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today, day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Clarity to Launch. I am so excited to have Moira on today. Moira shows coaches, business leaders, and service-based entrepreneurs how to build their income, as well as their clientele, as well as be able to travel the world through speaking and really become a sought-out authority worldwide. So I know so many of you have asked about this. A lot of my clients asked about this. How can I become more present in speaking? How can I get speaking opportunities? How can I reach new audience. So Moira, I'm so excited for you to come on and share your experience, your story, as well as your expertise. Brilliant. I'm so happy to be here. I've been really looking forward to this conversation, Natanya. Awesome. So let's dive right in. So tell me, now that you are a mentor, you're also you're a speaker yourself, how did you get into that? We were just chatting a little bit about your background and where you're from. I know right now you're based in Ireland. So I'd love to hear a little mm. bit about your story and how you fell into this career path.
1: Yeah, well, I had one of those moments, which I'm sure you'll relate to in many of your listeners, where I was 36 years old. I was a youth worker living in London. And I had a brilliant job, great lifestyle, travel, fashion show, parties, you name it. On the outside, let's say my social media looked like I was like living yeah. you know, living my best life. <laughs> but um, it was coming near my 36th birthday, and I just felt so lost and confused and down. And for someone who's always at a, such a high vibration and happy, I was just like, what is wrong with me? Like, what, yeah. What's going on? it was like nothing was turning me on basically Mm. and the only thoughts of you know progressing in the career I was in was not interesting me staying in London I didn't want to do so I literally started writing some lists about what I wanted from my life and I just couldn't come up with anything so I did what every girl in my situation would do as I took myself off to Paris for the weekend and I brought nothing but my journal and I was like I am going to Figured this yeah. out, right? And there's something about going to the freshness of a new city, Natanya, I'm sure you'll agree you're a traveler as well, that just brings in new perspectives and also your senses. It just gets everything flowing in a different way. So I'm sitting in this cafe in Montmartre mm-hmm. and I'm writing my lists and I've got the stay in London list and what I want to do with my life list. And my phone was sitting on the table and night beside my coffee. And my parents called me and any other day, you know, I was like, oh, it's my parents, but it was the way the word home came up oh. on the screen. And it's something about the way I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh, I suddenly had this feeling of peace, yes. like wash over me. And I was like, I want to go home. Oh, yeah, I want to go home to ireland and to put in perspective i left home when i was 18 i come from a very small town very small-minded like nothing exciting ever yeah. happens for, for me to be on the verge of launching my best life i was like home are you right. serious <laughs> this makes no logical sense at all but i was like you know what this feels so good like i was literally on fire i was just like okay this is it this is it so Long story short, I went back to London, packed in my job, drove back to Ireland. Friends told me I was crazy. Even my parents were like, Moria, don't do this. It's yeah. the middle of a recession. Keep your job. And I was like, I don't care about my job. I just care about being happy right now. Uh, so I moved back home. And very quickly, I started to see my hometown through very different eyes. I just started to see how beautiful it was how cultural it was like I used to speak Irish it's an Irish speaking community it's literally probably one of the most undiscovered places in Ireland and the more I was digging into just getting to know what was on my doorstep I discovered all of these amazing gems and all the tourist attractions but the problem was businesses were closing people Mm. were leaving and there were no tourists So I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I could do something. Because I was like driving around going, this place is amazing. Why does nobody know about it? So I basically took it upon myself to become a representative for the local community and started putting together these heart led adventures for people to get out of the city, come to this really unique place and have an adventure and experience of culture like they never had before. And it was amazing and people loved it. Businesses started working together. It was in the Irish Irish times. I, I got like listed in the best experiences in the wild way Yeah, it was amazing. And I did that for about two years. But after two years, I realized, okay, this is a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't really a business, Moira. <laughs> I was busy and I was like, oh, you know, this is great. And when I kind of took a step back and thought, like, well, what parts of this? You know, do I like and what parts of this, you know, would I want to take forward? And it was then when I realized that people weren't necessarily coming to me and saying, Can I book a tour with you or can I, you know, book one of your experiences? They were saying to me, How did you get those customers? Mm. How did you get that company to come here? It was all about the sales and the marketing aspect of what I was doing. And I had a background in sales and marketing before I was a youth worker. And I thought, Oh, so if I switched to actually helping these people get their own customers and their own clients, then that would be a business. So that's when I moved into mentoring and sales and literally like my business just took a complete 360. And I started speaking and then I realized I could travel with speaking. And literally about two years later, my business was making multiple six figures. And I was about 10K in debt yeah. when I realized my business was not a business, it was a hobby. <laughs> Well so it was a it was a big, big turning point, but um it was it was that moment when I realized that coming home may not have seemed like the most logical thing, but it was what my heart and my soul were begging me to do. And little did I know, Natanya, that when I made that decision, it was 2012 and my mom had five years to live at that point. Mm. And I never would have known that because her death was sudden. But I got to spend five years with her, became best friends again. She got to see me speaking on stages, traveling and got to see me have a level of success that saw me be happy in what I was doing at least. So I was so glad that I answered the call because I really do believe I was called to do that for whether it was the entrepreneurial path or whether it was to be with my mom.
0: Yeah. So first of all, I did not know we had the Paris thing in common because I quit my job and moved to Paris in my moment of, I've done, i checked all the boxes, all the, what you said, I was traveling for fashion shows and events and all the things and the social media looked great, but just not happy. And I just, booked a one-way ticket to Paris. So I love that we have that in common and also love Montmartre. It's such a beautiful area and a great place to figure out your life in general. Um, But I love what you said about when you got that call and you saw home on the screen. And it's so funny how sometimes we're like searching for something and then there's this little moment that just has something click in a different way. Something you may have already heard or seen, but just in the space that you're in allows Mm -hmm. you to see it differently and also the fact that you followed what didn't make logical sense which I think oftentimes is often the best answer and like the true Mm -hmm. answer is the one where you're not so much in your thinking brain now of course that doesn't mean just like go do anything but it's not so methodical it allows you to actually tap into your creative self and like what your soul actually wants so that's incredible. And and mm. and the cherry on the cake is that time you got to spend with your mom. Like, wow, mm. you would have never known that. No. And I would have literally have just had weekends fly,
1: you know, f- flying home for a weekend here and there. But we were like, and I got to help her check a lot of things off her yeah. bucket list in those five years. And they weren't major things. These were, you know, they they were small, but they meant the world to her. So yeah, I was, I I feel very blessed to have had that. And yeah, it's good to talk about it because it
0: it reminds me of, you know, humble
1: beginnings and just how much we have to be
0: grateful for. Mm -hmm. And how did you know outside of being 10K in debt, that what you were doing was not something you wanted to pursue as a business, as a long-term career path? Like, Were there signs now that you're looking back? Just, I think a lot of times we get on a path and it can be fun and exciting and it could be, you know, kind of similar to you where you, you did already switch careers. Now you're in a new career and now you're like, wait, this isn't it either. And then you start to doubt yourself. Like maybe it's me. Am I the one that's just searching for something that doesn't exist? Like, how did you know to keep going to try something new?
1: Mm. Well, I think when I started out with the travel aspect of things, it just felt fun and easy for me to help. I felt yeah. like there was help needed in this area and I could do something. And it was never a long term goal for mm. me. I also, from a business perspective, the earning potential just wasn't there. Yeah. So I could have replaced my income, but I had bigger dreams than yeah. replacing my income, right? and i just thought you know what this is um, it's uns- it felt unsustainable mm-hmm. that's what it is. and it was also seasonal yeah. so it was it, it, it was just limited in so many capacities but i think at the core of what i did is that i really opened up the people in this area's mind to the resources that we had that they had been taken for granted because we didn't have the infrastructure that actually if we could work more together then it, we could make it easier. And a lot of the foundation and the connections and the collaborations that I created during that time, they still exist today. Mm. So I feel like my work was done, like in terms of what I could do, but then I wanted, to, I wanted a, a certain type of lifestyle and I know yeah. I'm speaking to the right women when I say yeah. this that I just wasn't going to get it but you know the funny thing about it is Natalia, I literally went from being a party girl in London to like you know rock climbing <laughs> hill walking you know overnight and I never intended it to be but people just assumed that I was this like you know like tour guide who had you know done all this study to be that and I was just like no I've <laughs> never done that climbing I've never done this and sometimes photographers would come and be like oh who's going to hang off the cliff for the photo and they'd look at me and I'm like how have I got myself into these situations I'm like afraid of heights
0: <laughs> that's hilarious how did, was. You, how did you then go from kind of leaving that business slash hobby to yeah. speaking like I think a yeah, lot of people so, are like well how do I get my first speaking gig how do I even know how to be a speaker.
1: I was at that point where I was digging and digging online. It was kind of when webinars and things like that were starting to become like really popular around like 2014, 2015. And uh, one night I was online and I uh, there was a live cast, which probably isn't even a thing that they do now <laughs> And there was this uh, coach speaking and she was talking about making money and business and marketing. And I was like, oh, my God, I could do this. I could I could totally do what she's saying. So I, I bought into this like basic course, which was, you know, it was going to help you get your foundational pieces of um, your business plan together and your sales. And I did it and I, I did I did quite well at it. But part of that course was uh, attending a live event in Orlando, Florida. Okay. And I was like, I'm not going to Orlando, Florida. I live in the middle of nowhere. I don't have the money. That's not happening. And then one night they made an offer of, you know, you get all these bonuses. And the next thing, you know, I'm booking a flight to Orlando, Florida. Because I think they offered free lunches. It just shows okay. you how crazy bonuses were. Some people <laughs> I was like, oh, that would save me oh, so much I money. Oh, in for
0: the lunches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think I was finding any way to let to um, justify it yeah. to myself. So anyway, I bought the ticket, I went to this event, I had never been in a room with entrepreneurs in my life, I felt green, I say green in terms of I knew nothing, I knew nothing about speaking and nothing about making offers, the level of conversation in the room about making six figures of, even six figures blew my mind, multiple six figures, millions, I was just like, Oh, my God, really? And I remember sitting in the front row of that event, going, can I can I do this? Mm-hmm. Is this like, am I here? Because this is something that I could do? So of course it came around to when they were going to make an offer at the event, as they do, and the offer was like a big high ticket program that was like thirty thousand dollars, and I was just like, oh, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. And um, I was having this like conversation with myself, and I was just like, Well, what if I did do this? What mm-hmm. if I, you know, what if I could do this? What if I could get the money to do it? And, you know, listening to the, what they were saying, I was like, well, I can do everything that they're saying. I may not have $30,000 in my account right now. Right. And then he shared that to join the program was just $500. And I was like, I've got 500 t- deposit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, I've got $500 on a credit card yeah. that my mom said to me, if I ever get in trouble or have an emergency <laughs> that I could use this. And I just thought to myself, this is an emergency. This an emergency. <laughs> It was an emergency. (laughs) So I sat in front of the woman who was enrolling and my hands were shaking. My stomach felt sick. I'd never, I'd never made a purchase like this in my entire life. And I handed over the money and I was just like, do you promise me that if I do the work, this will work? She was like, if you do the work, this will work for you. So I enrolled in the program, came back to Ireland and I worked like crazy. And the following year, I was invited on the success panel of that event, having made $20,000, grown my business to $20,000 a month, living in a very small town with very little internet, with very little resources, all the things. And it was actually that moment of getting on that stage. I hadn't even spoken at this stage. Mm. that I got to speak in front of 500 people and after I got off the stage I couldn't believe how many people came up to me and was like oh my god I really loved your message oh can you give me your business card and oh can you tell me how you do this and I was just like wow this speaking thing is a thing like everybody in this room knows me now so I basically went back to Ireland after that event and just made it a mission of mine to find as many rooms as I possibly could Mm. to speak Small rooms, big rooms, anything I could. And, you know, for everybody listening here, I think that, you know, when it comes to speaking, I think that people put speakers on a pedestal, like almost unattainable. Let me tell you, the words I heard the most growing up were shut up, stop talking. So when it came to speaking, you talk about fear, I had the fear of God in me. I was so, my hands would be shaken. I'd be having outer body experiences, but I was on a mission. I was just like, no, there's people here that need to hear my message. So I just just kept going with that. For people listening and you're thinking, where do you start? Start in your local area. Start Mm -hmm. with the rooms that you have familiar faces in. The rooms of 10 and 20 got to me to the rooms that had 500 and 1,000 and to a multiple six-figure business. I did not decide to be a speaker and get invited to speak at prestigious events. I swallowed my pride and spoke spoke at li- spoke at libraries resource mm-hmm. centers local festivals like anywhere I could get an audience yeah. I was
0: sharing my message. <laughs> That's incredible and I think a lot of us forget about that. like with anything we we almost are like well I don't have thousands of followers or I can't get booked by you know a conference that has 500 attendees but you can start small and and grow your way up. And oftentimes the smaller rooms often have a bigger impact because they're even Mm -hmm. listening even more. So I love that you shared that. What would you say, I think another thing that I hear a lot is, and I actually, I receive a lot of pitches. So when you're pitching yourself for an event or some sort of organization, what are some do's and don'ts in your experience that you've seen for yourself and or your clients?
1: Number one, I think if you're starting out as a speaker, you want to make your pitches, and I don't even love the word pitch, but you want to make them as conversational and as personal as possible, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And I think the best way to do that is to start with the people you know, and that might mean going to a networking event that books a speaker afterwards. Now, ladies, all of your people, I'm sure you already do this, but look the part. Dress up like you own it. Put your best shoes on, carry your best handbag, you know, look your best because 7% of your communication is speaking. There's 93 93 other percent that doesn't even require your voice. Mm -hmm. So make the impression. And then if you're at an event and they have a speaker, make time to get to know the audience. So then when you do introduce yourself to the organizer, the event planner, be able to say to them that, it seems you're you running a brilliant event here. I love the energy of the room. I love the I love the people. I love the topic today. I've noticed there's a lot of people in this room that seem to have um, issues with sales and getting on stages. I actually do a free presentation on that, and if you think it would serve your audience and your um and your people, I would be more than happy to come and do that sometime. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd be open to discussing with me? I love and that. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. That will get you on stages, yeah. Because you've taken the time to come and show up, so show you care. It's the same as listening to a podcast. Before you get on a podcast, you don't want to be like I was listening to your podcast. I love it. I love your brand. I love, I love you. your story. Uh, I knew I knew about your Paris thing. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's one and, uh, of the episodes. Yeah, and get get to know like the people. So then you're you're a part, you're a human being with something to offer another human being, and both of you want to have an impact, mm-hmm. and you can do that together. That's where I think people should start. And if you're not speaking yet, that is a hundred percent where you start because you're at the top of the pile in that Mm -hmm.
0: moment. What is your perspective on free versus paid speaking? And is there a point where you can say, Oh, now I can charge. Do you always at certain for certain opportunities offer free? Like are there rules? Great, great question. So the
1: type of speaking that I use to grow my business was I spoke on free stages and I made a free offer at the Mm -hmm. end of my talk. And for example, if you have a 10 K coaching package, and you get three clients from one event you speak at for free. That's 30,000 in revenue. If yep. you do that 10 times, you're killing it in your yes. business, right? If you have a 25K offer and you get four clients, you've made 100,000. That's the way I do it. I wasn't really... When I, when I figured that this was a much faster way to get booked and to make higher revenue... I wasn't really that interested in getting paid to speak because I didn't have the profile so it was mm. going to be very difficult for me to command a high amount of money the most I've ever been paid to speak is five thousand mostly because I'm not that interested in making five thousand where I could make hundred or 150 thousand yeah. on the back end my way yeah right? yeah yeah but what that does is that it actually gives you the confidence and the skill set as a speaker. So that if you know that you can make that type of money doing that, then you asking for a fee, it would make no sense if you ask for less than 10000 or 20000 when that's what you can make. Plus, it builds your authority. Right. It yeah. builds your authority without having to build a massive profile and get a whole sizzle, sizzle reel and all yeah. these massive productions, which of course you can do, but I'm like speak first and then make money and then invest in those things later where I think people set out to become speakers and they want all the bells and whistles without being even to, even able to tell a story from stage. And it <laughs> makes no sense.
0: Yeah. You said um something earlier about how you started and you went to resource centers and libraries. Do you have any other examples of what we could potentially tap into if we right now have never spoken, never been on a stage, super nervous? Where should we look? Almost every country
1: is going to have a female business networking group and they generally tend to be chapter based Mm. so in ireland we have one in every county natanya so there's 26 counties in ireland so i set myself a goal i actually created a speaking tour that i was going to speak in every single one of those chapters (laughs) and i created a whole theme around it i called it waking the giants because i was wanting to wake up the women in ireland that were asleep to the possibility Mm. in their businesses And I sent that out as a memo to people that this is the message I want to share. And because I was getting booked in one or two places, it was like a ripple effect. Everywhere else started to book me because, oh, such and such has booked me. Uh, Would you like to book me as well? So it just became this whole, like, it just all flowed. There was great PR behind it. And I think that starting off with something like that, and you don't have to do 26 counties in Ireland (laughs) listening, right? One of your states in America is as big as Ireland, so you could choose a state and just say, okay, I'm gonna aim to get five speaking gigs through this organization. Because I guarantee you, if you do a good job for one organization, if you ask them at the end of the event, can you introduce me to a colleague who also runs a chapter, mm. they're going to introduce you because yeah. they want good speakers and they want it to be easy for them. Nobody yeah. really wants to sit and read through somebody's application and decide if they're worthy or their stage or not. But if they somebody says, hey, you've got to have Natanya on your stage, her message is amazing. She looks amazing. You really want to book her, they were like, yeah, great book. Send her over. It's just yeah. done
0: yeah and it's such an easier way
1: so i would say um, if your clients are working with other female business owners and entrepreneurs or even um, corporate groups they've got there's like the professional women's networks mm-hmm. around the world i would start in those and for many of you listening you're probably already active and engaged in those organizations and maybe you just haven't asked for that opportunity to speak yet
0: we actually do have a, a an audience who do work with other executives entrepreneurs but we also have a lot of people that are working with people around their health or relationships or mm-hmm. love or sex or whatever and but i do I think the same what you're saying applies there's literally an organization events festivals for everything under the sun at this point Um, I
1: I think it's important not to look for the perfect room Mm -hmm. I think it's look for the good enough room to begin to begin with and understand that you're not like for me I always know that there's at least 40 to 50 percent of that audience that are maybe struggling with sales and want to create six or multiple six figures from speaking that have that dream because I think it's quite common. So I know that I'm never going to this thinking hundred percent of these people right. are for me. There's people in that room that are assigned to me. Mm. And they need to know that I exist. So yeah. you show up with your message and your stories and they will come forth.
0: Yeah. Do you have any tips for stage fright? Like that moment when because I've done speaking. So I know I'm ad- <laughs> joking experience. <laughs> Of being on stage and you're like sweating heart is racing and all the things what are your tips there people talk about like imagine people in their underwear but
1: (laughs) (laughs) that has never helped me at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah um well for me uh i I number one want to look the absolute best I possibly can on the outside and on the inside. So I do as much to prepare my body energy wise and I do as much to prepare my mind. And also I wear the nicest underwear that I have. So I feel my absolute best when I'm going there. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, right, okay, I look great. So got that box ticked. And then when it comes to going to the event, what, what always really helped me was going to the event early. getting to know the people in the room, actually having conversations. So then when you do get on stage, you're not speaking to nobody you know, you're speaking to Nancy, you're speaking to Joanna, you're speaking to Gary, who you just had coffee with, right? And approach it like that. And also consider that this is a conversation with other human beings. Right. And if you approach it like that, and that will make you even more engaging as a speaker, as opposed to speaking at people and just thinking to yourself, how do I want these people to feel at the end of my presentation today? Mm-hmm. And that takes the energy all off you, all of the attention off you and onto to them, into mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And do you that- believe that anyone can be a speaker? <sighs> I believe that everybody has the skills Mm. to be a speaker. Absolutely. Do I think that people need to hone their craft? Yes. Yes. Do I think that they can do it fast? Absolutely. And I think that the fastest way to do that is by speaking. Something happens to a woman when she starts to speak. It forces her to raise her game it forces her to be more confident whether she feels it or not she has to act it and we all know that for many of the things that we want we have to act like we are before we have it right I think that it really forces you to become some another version of yourself and therefore easier to step into that next version of yourself Mm -hmm. so yeah I would I would say we all have the skills to do it but is it in your is it have you got conviction behind your want to do it and if there's conviction there you'll do it
0: Hmm. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. And I can tell that you clearly are like a wealth of knowledge around speaking and obviously embody the embodiment of being a speaker and the confidence that comes behind it. I'm sure that many people will want to connect with you and learn more about you. Where can we find you online?
1: Yeah. And I've loved this conversation as well. So every month, um, Natanya I host uh, it's called the dial in your destiny challenge I found out recently that Moira means destiny and I thought oh my god I've got oh. to like 45 years of age and I never knew that. I knew that, I knew that. <laughs> how, do, how does a, ch- a clued in woman do that but anyway <laughs> I'll, I'll elegantly step over that And I realized that a lot of the women that I was working with, like they really like this is this feels like destiny for them. And I feel like your destiny changes with every action you take, but what Mm. are the actions that you take? What are the actions that you need to take to get there? So I created this monthly challenge to give people the strategy, the actions that breaks those that they need to grow their business through speaking and travel the world create a dream lifestyle for it as well and of course the income to go with that so I do that every month I I did it I created it mostly because I wasn't traveling as much because of the pandemic and it was a way that I could still uh, maintain connection with audiences and sharing my message so if anybody wants to come and experience those five super transformational days with me and really learn my five-step speaking success framework that would be the best place to start
0: Awesome. We will definitely put the link to that in the show notes. And one last question for you that I like to ask my guests, this is the question that started me on my journey, and I try to ask myself often, is there anything right now that's on your one-day list, a dream, a goal, maybe something that you haven't shared before? It can be personal or professional, but something that is making you both excited, but maybe a little bit scared, because I really always, I'm sure you know this, that's where the usually the gold is, right, where we're both excited and, and a little bit afraid of something is there anything that you are dreaming of wanting right now I spent six
1: months in Bali last year mm. uh not last year the time is flying so fast when the pandemic was on okay. I went there for six months and I spoke on virtual stages and just getting the experience of living in that luxurious yes. like beautiful life there that I really have a dream of going back there and building my own villa oh, and living I there
0: and and just writing Yes. Oh my gosh. When are you moving to Bali? <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that. I'm hosting a retreat next year in Bali. I love Bali. It's amazing. Oh,
1: really? Amazing. You, we, yeah. we should connect because I'm I, like... I know a lot
0: about Bali and I know a lot of the people oh, yeah, here as well. Yeah, would love that. Awesome. Well, we will be looking and following for when you build your villa in Bali, mm-hmm. but thank you so much. This has been incredible. We'll link all of your information in the show notes and just thank you for following your own path and the whispers that led you to do the work that you're doing so that you can support all of us in doing the work that we want to do as well. Oh,
1: thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you so much.
0: I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The Bravo